0: Hello, and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in.
1: your feet one more time with me if you will. I want you to stand boldly like a soldier of Almighty God and shout loudly if you can, repeating after me a missional statement. Say it with me. I am a missionary. missionary. I'm on a heavenly mission mission. to preach the good news to 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 everyone everywhere. everywhere. I have heavenly resources that I can advance the kingdom of God in a significant way. People will have an encounter with God. God. They will know the love of God. They will know they they can serve this God. God. I'm going to carry these values. I'm word-centered. I'm spirit-led. I'm presence-driven. I'm I'm mission-engaged. I am am family-valued. And I am worship-focused. Pray for me and I'm going to pray for you today. Father, may those be more than just words. May they be the driving force behind us as a church. You gave me this mission, vision, and values so that we could Move together in dynamic synergy. Moving as one powerfully under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Armed with the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Knowing that what we want more than anything, just like Moses, unless your presence goes with us, we can't do anything. We want your presence, oh God, in our lives. We will be engaged in this mission, God. Father, we will value family, we will value the family of God, and Father, we will be about worshiping you in spirit and in truth. So Lord, this morning, I pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see, a heart to perceive, all that you want to do through us, through this ministry, in Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a fist bump before you're seated, and let's get into the word of God today. Today we are on Family Valued, and I want to, I really think that this is a powerful, profound thing because there are some foundational things to life. There are foundational needs for life to flourish, and one of those foundational needs is family. You're not here unless you were conceived inside of some type of family identity. Can you say amen? And so we're going to explore that just a little bit today. I want you to join me in Exodus chapter number 20. We're only going to take a few minutes this morning because we're going to go to a business meeting because we do have to be about our Father's business this morning. So I'm going to preach a message to you. And we're going to have a time of prayer. And then we'll have about a 10-minute transition. To those of you that want to be a part of this business meeting, I'd ask you to stay for just a few more minutes. It won't take long. To be able to go through just a couple of things uh, that we need to go through. Amen. Are you ready? Exodus chapter 20. I want you to look at this with me. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long uh, upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Woo! There's longevity in family. Amen. That's 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 God's heart, that's God's plan. In terms of honoring. We'll put all this together in just a few minutes. But I want to read to you about a fractured family that got healed. So here we go. Luke chapter 15. A fractured family that got healed. Luke chapter 15 says. Let me read this whole story for you. Then he said. Jesus telling a story here. He said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father. Father "Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me so he divided to them his livelihood not many days after the younger son gathered all together journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. King James says riotous living loose living wild living but when he had spent all there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the field to feed swine. And he would have gladly have eaten and filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Boy, you got to be desperate if you're eating pig food. And no one, no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. Oh, I love this. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And, he said to, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Again, I want to talk to you today about us as a church being family uh, family focused and driven. I I really want to put that family valued in there. Uh, I really feel like this is the heart of God. Let me just say this. In just using that title, that might be difficult for some because the longer I do ministry and live in a fallen world, I hear tragic, tragic stories even that came from living inside of a family. In fact, in just a few nights, on Saturday night, you're going to hear a story from a lady. I read her book that shocked me. I'm not really okay with the language within the book, but the story was profound. It it talked about the horrific suffering that this young lady endured inside of her family. Physical, emotional, sexual, mental abuse that was... Awful. Had me in tears at times when I read the book. She'll be here on Saturday night to share some of that with you. But the things that she endured inside of her family, no child should ever have to endure. No one should ever have to go through. And no, I know for sure it wasn't God's intention. But she's got an amazing story of the redemption of God and what the Lord can do in very dark and dark broken places. She ran away from home at 15 years old and lived on the streets of Washington, D.C. I can't tell you all the things that happened. And if I were to, I couldn't give you detail because there's kids in the room. But it was awful, absolutely tragic. But living in a world where we've lost the value of family, lost the value of kingdom, lost the value of the Word of God inside of our family, then we then then have to live with the results of that. Because when you don't have sold out to God family, when you don't live sold out to God as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as children, it gets extremely dysfunctional. And some of the worst stories of abuse in the land happen inside of family. But it's not God's will for that to be the case. In family, God's will is for you to flourish. It was his plan, not people's. It was God's plan. You can go all the way back to the book of Genesis and God made male and female and gave them the first command to be fruitful and multiply. So he brought them two together. God performed the first marriage, put those two together and then wanted them to be fruitful and multiply. And that is the atmosphere with which people have the greatest potential to grow and flourish and understand life and understand God and understand the things of God. And so it's in the idea of family and family was God's idea. But right now, especially in this day and time, We, the nuclear family, is under attack like no no other time, at least in my lifetime. The nuclear family. That's mom and dad and kids doing life together for the purpose of life and flourishing. It's under attack. Let me just read you a couple of things real quickly. Here's what David Brooks said, who is one that leads an organization and rights for an organization concerning family values, he said, the nuclear family was a mistake. Here's another one. We are committed to disreputing the Western prescribed nuclear family structure is declared uh, by a New York City teaching union group affiliated with, a, uh, with the, one of the modern uh, other movements. Here's another one. Parents is an oppressive class, declared Noah Berlatsky, an opinion writer that published this And it was picked up by NBC and CNN. Here's what they are saying. Moms and dads don't know how to raise kids. Institutions know how to raise kids. So instead of mommy, daddy, we need a professional. And no wonder we get in this place because when you have left God as this country has... And you get this far away from God and then you see all of the mess and the abuse that happens as a result of being away from God and not teaching mom and dad the word of God and teaching kids the word of God and living by the word of God and living holy and righteously. No wonder we're in the place that we are. And people are trying to figure out how do you fix this and instead of saying what we need is revival and a move of God and get back in the church and hear the word of God again and live right before the Lord, what people begin to think is oh we need a bunch of professionals to raise little Johnny. And when God has put everything inside of you dad and mom to be able to raise little Johnny and what you may lack you can ask him and he'll give freely. But because we don't do that, because we don't do that, I understand why people are making the statement. I don't agree with those statements at all. But they're being made, and there's people that are picking it up and saying yes. And I foresee a day coming when people, moms and dads, you won't have a say in it if society deems that you are a mom and dad that don't take good enough care for your kids. They just take them away from you and raise them in some institution. I'm not a false I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom and gloom. I'm just telling you, if we keep on this path, people lose their minds with which how to deal with stuff if we don't get back to the Word of God. I am convinced that nobody can give direction for their kids like moms and dads. There's no greater place inside of life that you can flourish than inside of a family where there's mom and dad and kids. But many of us maybe have walked through life where that was not the case and it was very fractured and very ugly and terrible where there was fighting and beating and cussing and abuse and abandonment and brokenness and you know unnatural affection putting you out and, and all kinds of stuff. I can't go through all the list of those. But God still says that the prescription for life and identity, and for flourishing its family. These individuals argue that trained professionals or specialty groups can do a better job and provide a better atmosphere than that of marriage or blood kin. It is in a post-biblical society that we live in that that looks like a potentially good idea. But if we're ever going to have family like it needs to be, we've got to go back to where we lost family. And we lost it when we lost our sincerity with God. A father that loves his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That's God's idea for you, sir. Let me say that again. Men, listen to me. And single men, you need to get this before you get married. And before you have kids. And I recognize that I'm in a room for people that's already got them. But you need to hear what I'm saying. A father that loves his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That's God's plan for you. i get a few amens. Women, a wife to love and honor her husband in every way. That's God's plan for you. Honor. I know men change that. Like we like the, some of the older translations of scripture that says obey in everything. And then men grab that of trying to control their wives instead of uh, the obedience is within sight of the, the idea of honor. Children, listen to me. Your, God's plan for you is to honor your parents. That, when you do that, did you know the Bible says that that is connected to potentially how long you live? Somebody says, yeah, I know that's right, you should know my mama. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean like the blessing of God in your life. So why is family important and why is it important to us as a church? And I need you to hear the correlation. As I go through this list. I think because we've lost the identity of family. Everything that we've seen. That's really starting to get extremely jacked up with our society. As it pertains to identity. On multiple levels. Has to do with the loss of identity that family brings. Number one. This is going to sound like. Elementary school, but I want you to hear this. Number one, you know what you get from family like mother and father? You know what you get? You get your DNA. That deoxyribonucleic acid that you get from mom and dad begins to write out a code for you in God's operation. And that code begins to declare some things for you. It begins to declare your hair color and your eye color and your skin tone and your sex organs. It declares for you your height, your stature. Now, how you steward that's a whole different thing, but that's where it comes from. And we're hearing things today now that we hear this terminology and we don't directly associate it with an assault on a family, but I'm going to share it with you. There's this terminology called non-binary. Non-binary is language that's being used in certain uh, uh, community groups to disassociate with biological identities. So what mom and dad's DNA that God used to create you in, a, in another attempt, it's almost like, it's like this. It's like when people want to get away from their family, you know, they had the whole thing where you could kind of divorce your family. What's that called? I don't know. What? Yeah, when you could be emancipated from your family. You'd be emancipated from your family, but if you looked a whole lot like your daddy and your daddy was near you, you know what somebody would likely say to you? You can't deny that boy. Scott Ryan will never be able to deny his kids. Ever. No, no, no. They look, I'm told for it's like Identical. Tanner, before he got really good looking, when he was younger and chubbier, he looked a lot like me. People would say that about about now, it's probably a little different. We we have, and so now, now people are saying, I don't care what the biology says. I'm non-binary to the biology. And there's a purpose behind that because most of the time that's meant within their Uh, male-female identity. So where it wants to be denied is in the male-female identity. And so there's a lot of support coming out now for non-binary ideology. But what I see it as is as an attack on a family. Family. And here's the reason why it's an attack on the family. Because inside of that family nucleus that's supposed to be a God loving, God nurturing, caring atmosphere, it is where identity, from a biological standpoint, the training in that identity comes from. You're taught how to be a boy or a girl. You're taught how to be successful. But it's even more than that. It's identity for the stewardship of God's profound purpose for your life. You remember when Jesus was baptized? Do you remember that? You know, the Bible says that Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. When he's baptized, did you know a sound comes from heaven from the Father? And you know what the Father says? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know Jesus that hadn't performed a miracle yet. You recognize that he had not stepped into his earthly ministry yet. But when the father spoke this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. First off, it is not just identity. It's not like Jesus didn't know who the father was, but there's something powerful about the relationship of father-son that brought about identity and father speaking over son in terms of his sonship, in terms of his identity, and in terms of his calling, and in terms of what it looked like. Everybody's got to listen to what my son has to say because he's going to say something profound. When you disassociate with the prescription of family, it can lead to extreme dysfunction. When you disassociate God from the family, that can lead to extreme dysfunction. And so, so where what we find inside of family is identity. You want to know why we call this the CFC family? Not because it's kind and cute, but because, man, this is the family of God. And we want to treat it as such no matter what size this church gets. No matter how big it gets, we want to be treated like family. Not a number. Not a giving unit. Not just people. We want to be treated like family. I feel like Rhonda Murray does an incredible job to help this thing feel like family. No matter what happens, works very hard and her team of people to make sure that people feel like, this is my family. What we've got to understand is how important family is to the work of God. There's no superstars in the family of God except one, His name is Jesus. All of the rest of us are family. We're family people. What we hope to be able to do as a result of a church and you being a part of this family is help you to know your identity in Christ and to support the family unit so that you can have that that family identity uh, emphasized so that you can see it lived out so that you can be encouraged in it. The second thing about family, it's the foundation for life. Inside of a family unit, you can begin to see how you view yourself. See, if you do family God's way, children are not, they're not a nuisance. I didn't get one amen like people like to speak for yourself. I didn't say that for an amen, just, you know. Your kids are not a nuisance. The Bible says a, they're a blessing from the Lord. The yeah. yes. Bible says God gave you a blessing with your kids. God did something through you and your wife, sir, you and your husband, ma'am, that science and all the money in the world have never been able to do. Yes. And that's create another human being. And it's inside of that that we get the foundations of value how you view yourself and inside of a family kids have to be valued as blessings your wife has to be valued with the blessing, as a blessing from the Lord I didn't get any amen there either you didn't have our discussion before church today try me she tried to take my birthday money try me if we had a good discussion I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to look over there. <laughs> the truth is, friends, is that within side of the family unit, that's where we get value. You got to hear out mom and dad. You got to hear out the kids when they're talking about. It. Listen to me, friends. You can't look at your kids and say, oh, that's just puppy love. For them, it's real. Oh, you'll learn better when you grow up. For them it's real. Remember when you were told that? And so you got a value, and there's where you find your value. It's also where you find your identity. Inside a family, you learn how to treat others. See, if you have God's value, when your kids are arguing and bickering, it's your your motivation for correction is not so you have peace and quiet and can still watch the football game. Although it may be sometimes. That cannot be your motivation. The motivation has to be, this is your brother. You don't treat them like that. You don't say that to them. You don't act like that to them. This is your brother. I don't know where we got in society where by the people that we don't care to haul off. Y'all like my word, haul off? Naomi sent me a thing the other day. It said, here'd be to make a great... T-shirt, haul off and worship. Anyway, you don't just haul off and say what's on your mind. Wait a minute, I thought family was a safe place. It is. Keep it that way. So you don't just haul off and offend the people that you got to do life with that's so important to your identity, that's so important to your health, that's so, so important to your livelihood. So you respect that. And you don't, when, you, when you're correcting the kids, it can't be just because it's noisy. It's got to be because you're helping them to understand how to value and demonstrate that value of others. Another thing that you learn in family is how to demonstrate love in every way. Not just when somebody's pleasing to you. Because how many of you know, you can be very disappointed in family. Huh? but you love them through it, don't you? That's where you learn. See, in a messed up culture, when society has moved away from God, your mind right now is racing with the yeah, but statements. I'm trying to talk to you from the Bible and help you to understand we got to get back to Bible values as it pertains to family. I'll tie this back into Scripture in just a second. You gotta understand that culture is against your family, but the kingdom is for your family. So, what you need to know is that why we try to be a family, why this church needs to be a family, and God views it as the family of God, I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture where you and I refer to as the children of God. The children of God. You wanna know why he calls you children? Because he's our father and he's, he's moving and speaking in terms of family. And he's sharing with us with humanity in his revelation of all of that he wanted human beings to know through the Bible, is that he thinks of you as family. I'm a child of God. But when you devalue or let culture devalue family, it'll 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 hinder. The way you view God. If you you grew up in an absentee father household. And then you hear God called a good father. Sometimes that's a hard leap to make. Your mind doesn't know how to grasp that well. It doesn't really know how to take hold of that. If your father was a performance-driven father and he only celebrated you when you got the touchdown and when you threw the ball, you'll begin to see God as if the only time he loves you is when you're doing right. And when you fail, you want to hide from him because you're afraid you're going to get a spanking. Talk to me. And if we don't have the right view of God and we don't understand how families operate and yeah, there's supposed to be those times of correction but correction without instruction sometimes is nothing more than abuse. See, I knew this was going to be a tough one when I got to this whole family valued stuff. But it's the truth friends. Inside of the world, the culture of the world will say, if you're going to, you, you, it, it's against family. In other words, if you want to join our cause, you've got to be against family. But God's kingdom is inside of the kingdom. I love family. You, you see the story of the prodigal son? You see what happened there? God says, I'm all about family. When that boy come back home, the father was so elated. Yes. If you know that Luke 15, Jesus is actually telling about three scenarios. The lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost child. It's a powerful, powerful demonstration. And he starts it off trying to help people to understand what the kingdom of God is like. He's trying to help people to understand that, that the kingdom, you're so valued to God. He talks about the lost sheep losing the 99, going after the one. you got to find that one sheep. Talking about that lost coin, you turn over everything in the house till you find it. And that lost son, you rejoice when it comes home. Yes, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. And so, so in the kingdom, family is the highest value. Friend, let me tell you something. I need you to hear this. Your job may tell you you're valuable because they pay you money. There's a lot of things that you may belong to that tell you you're valuable. But I'm going to tell you right now, other than your biological family you're no greater value than you are in this family. I got two or three amens. I want to work till this is a full-on amen from this entire congregation. Because I tend to think, I know there's some dysfunctional people out there in the world, but you know what, those people, what if they're our lost family? What if they're our prodigal kids? Yeah. If I've ever as a pastor made you feel like you're not part of the family Please forgive me because you're a part of this family Your voice matters Your gifts matter Your calling matters Your life matters You're not just a number You matter You're valued and we've got to get to the point that we value people in our, in, our, in, our, in our families, in our church family, at a high, high place. Because this is the family of God. I'm going to say something right now that you need to hear me very carefully. You may not spend eternity with your natural biological family. Not because God doesn't want it, but because natural biological family may decide I don't want him. I don't want to be a part of that kingdom family stuff. But your kingdom family, you'll be with for eternity. Sometime back, I began to share a little bit of vision with our youth and kids ministry. And some of that was, hey, let's try to put everything that we can on Sunday morning into kids' ministry. And I would just, just pause, just, just a pause break right here. I know we're in COVID and there's a COVID spike going on, a lot of different things happening right now. And I want to talk to you from my heart. I don't want to be a preacher right now, I just want to be your pastor and love you for a minute. There, there's such a wonderful move of God that's going on in our kids' ministry and some of you probably need to be a part of that if you want to be a part of that what God's doing in kids ministry they're willing to put you to work in serving God in that capacity and, and, and serving in kids ministry I, I talk to my wife who helps out in kids ministry and has a heart for that and sometimes they may need some help in there and I say, why do you think that is? We got plenty of people that should be able to serve. Here's what she'll say to me. They don't want to miss the service. You know what it makes me want to think? Man, how can we mess the service up like really bad? Make it terrible. But my heart won't let me do that because I want to pursue God at the highest level. But but my, but my first carnal thought is, man, let's just make it as terrible as possible, but then everybody just leave. Hopefully not. But, but my thoughts is, is man... Wait a minute. You know, there's something powerful about a move of God when you take it in, but there's something real powerful about a move of God if you're the one God's using to make it happen. And in kids' ministry, you can be used to make it happen. I just let that land for a little bit. So we had a, we had a discussion, man. You know, let's let's make kids' ministry on Sunday morning all that it can be. Let's turn Wednesday night into, at least once a month to begin with, a family ministries night. So they, they went to work and came up with an acrostic called LIFT. Live in faith together. On that night, what we've determined to make sure that happens is that all the families that show up, and I don't care if it's just father and son, or mother and two kids, one kid, it doesn't make any difference. But that night, we place as much focus on family as we possibly can. Let's feed every one of them. If we have food trucks, just have them to give us one bill. We'll pay the whole bill. If if, if it's cooking, and some of you have cooked some incredible stuff for that lift night. But the emphasis on that night is live in faith together. To try to once again recapture some things about family. We're going to take some time in a transition season because of the way uh, the holiday season falls that the last lift night is coming uh, in October, I think. And we won't have one in November and December. But I pray we can equip you through those times so that Family bonds are strengthened as much as possible through the glory of God in your family and home. If I I feel like a pastor today more than I ever have, I got to get my preach on the other night in revival to preach revival and just let it all go. Today I feel like a pastor to just talk to you a little bit and hopefully sow something like into your hearts that we want to be family valued, because I don't care if we're losing our minds in revival, praying for people shouting, running the aisles, and that's beautiful, and I love that, and I want us to do more of that. Let me tell you something right right now. That is not to take away from family. At the end of the day, we're still family, and and we're not here to put on a show, even though it may feel like that at times. And what I mean by that is just sit back and spectate. We don't ever intend for it to be a show, but it's real easy to sit back and spectate and listen and watch and not participate. But there's no one, listen to me, no one that's a part of this family we consider as just an attender. You are a part of our family. You're not a number. I'm saying it again you're not a number. You're not a giving unit. Software sometimes makes us track in those ways, but I want you to understand your family. And I'm not talking about the ones that's got it all together only. I'm talking about those of us that may be a little bit dysfunctional, your family. You may feel like you're not a part of this family, but you know every, every family has a few black sheep in it. Huh? You know that rebel person in the side of the family. Y'all know. Y'all, yeah. I had this uncle, man. I loved him so much. He wasn't really so much of the black sheep of the family. He just he operated a little, a little bit different than some of the other uh, brothers, as it pertains to the Booker family. But I'm tell you right now, we loved him. I'm not going to give his name because people in this room right now would know his name. We loved him. We all have that crazy uncle, you know, you never know what he's going to say, right? Like you never know what he's going to say. He's the one that you prep everybody to before he comes to the family gathering. You bring your friends, your buddies, or the other family, or your kids. Now, honey, listen, I know we haven't seen Uncle Uncle Joe in a little while. If your name is Joe, I'm not talking about you, but... (laughs) I'm just only saying that because that's my dad's name. But anyway, if, uh, if, if, if your Uncle Joe, you know, if he's here today, he's he probably going to say some things. And if it shocks you, we'll talk about it on the way home today. <laughs> uh-huh, you know what I'm talking about. We all have those. I'm not sure if you're that uncle, a part of our family here at Covenant or not. I don't think of you that way. The point being is that God is working and moving on all of us. If you'll just be patient. I've watched people, man, if you'll just be patient with them a little bit, let God do the work instead of you. I've watched God do some stuff in some people's lives that helps them to grow. Living in faith together. Here's another thing. Here at CFC you are family and as Rhonda's worked so hard to try to help make sure that you feel that in a practical way I want you to know Sharma and I think of you as family We both came from broken families Our moms and dads didn't make it Our marriages outlasted both of them We come to value family Do we always get along? Absolutely not I told you last week why I married her or she married me, one of the two. Some of y'all don't remember that, and I'm thankful. <laughs> Took me a while to dig out of that, ho- that hole. But I want you to know something. We think of you as family. One of the great struggles that she and I both talked about in our sabbatical in June 21, or, or the whole month of June, 30 days away from you guys. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest struggles was the fact that we're cl- so close to you, we missed you desperately. It wasn't that I miss preaching, though I love to do that more than I love to eat. It it wasn't that that I miss church. I love our church atmosphere. But I just miss being with you guys. I miss conversations. I miss those things. Because to me, it's about family. Your family, we do love you. Our kids are, now we're empty nesters. We have more capacity to love you. Because our kids MIA a little bit. So we're like, what are we going to do? Like sometimes we don't even know what to do. Like sometimes, here's Sunday evening. Here's Sundays for us. We'll go home because we're both exhausted. I get up really early every Sunday. We go home. We're exhausted. She will 90% of the time take a nap. Me about 20%. I'll be exhausted, but I just want to sit down for a little bit. Really what I'm waiting on is her to get up. But what she'll typically say is, what are we going to do this evening? Let's call. Let's get a hold of. And it like hurts our feelings if y'all busy. It don't hurt our feelings really. But truly the the honesty is is that we're just trying, hey, what are we going to do this evening? I mean, we could sit here and look at one another and that's pretty awesome. Even if you did try to take my money, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) It's awesome. We have a great time together. But man, we like to hang out with some of you guys because we think of you as family. With my honest heart, we think of you as family. You're my brother. Do you hear me? You're my brother. You're my sister. I'm not just your pastor. You're my brother. Anthony, you're my brother, man. You're my sister. let me finish in family you get that sense of of we belong together I kind of hit on this already but I just knew this would be more less than about points and more about me just sharing my heart I promise you if you look at this I don't really have a beautiful outline today I'm just trying to lay my heart out for you I hit on this a little bit ago. We're not entertainers. I don't, I don't go through my prayer time thinking about what will make you shout or what won't make you shout. I don't go through, we don't go through set list of songs to try to figure out what will move you. The heartbeat is, God, give me something to say to my family so that they'll get close to you, our Father. To something, whatever, you want them to, whatever you want them to know, Lord, that's what I want them to know. That's what you want them to know. Sometimes when worship's going on and people have positions, it makes you feel a little distant. If we knew how to refer to one another in a way that we could identify well, we just drop all titles. Makes it hard to do that, like, who's going to get the songs together on Sunday? you got to have somebody that's the worship leader. <laughs> who's going who's to make sure that the, the bills are paid? Somebody's got to be the church clerk. But those titles sometimes, if you don't have a title that makes you feel like family, it can make you feel like it's them and us. Everybody that has a title and the rest of us. So help me before the Lord. I want you to know that's not how we approach it. That's so we know how to communicate with one another, who's going to take on responsibilities for certain things. But that's not how we view this thing in terms of we're better than, we're here to entertain, we're here to put on something for you. We honestly feel like, man, how can we do this the best for our family to encounter the Lord today? I hope you feel like that. And if not, would you forgive us if there's ever been a moment that you didn't feel like that? Because our heart is, is to pull you close to know the Father together and you're our brothers and sisters and we're meant to do this thing together. And listen to me, no matter where this church goes and grows, I beg you, please keep that mentality, that this is family. Everyone matters. Everybody matters. Our kids matter. You matter. Everybody that's serving matters. These two scriptures talk about a, 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 the blessing of a family and the pain of broken family. But it also talks about the joy of a reunited family. A family where the father cares. A family where people are welcome and belong. A family where one another can share the, the beauty of the brokenness, but, or excuse me, the pain of the brokenness, but the beauty of the reunion. I know it's hard to grab hold of this this morning. Maybe from the standpoint as if you've come from a broken place, a broken family, a broken home. My great hope is that somehow the Holy Spirit today would help you recapture the power and the beauty of family. I'm going to ask, this is going to be very different, but I heard this earlier. Miranda, can you come to the keyboard, please? This is going to be very different. This, this is going to be very different. I heard you singing something on Wednesday night, something about use me, something, something like, I don't remember what. So you can use me, something like that. You were singing that on, Sunday, on Wednesday night. And I barely heard it out in the hallway. But this morning in prayer, I heard it again as though you were singing it. And I take it as the Holy Spirit wanting you to sing that at this particular moment. But it has some lines in it about God using you. Please understand, I want to see God use you in the miracles, signs and the wonders and your giftingness and your calling and and the power of God. I want to see you prophesy. I want to see you move in the Spirit. I want to see all of those things. I really do. But friends, listen to me very carefully. I want to see you used in family above it all. I'm talking about above it all. And I think I can find Bible for it. It's 1 Corinthians 13. If, 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 I, could, if I could understand all mysteries, if I speak with tongues and men and of angels if I could understand it all, had all all, I if I had the power to make sure that every blind eye I ever saw was opened. If I don't have charity, if I don't have love, it's going to profit me nothing. Look, we can do all kinds of things here right now. We can have an altar call where I ask you if there's a sick person, would you come and let me pray for you? And that may be the prayer we pray in just a few minutes we've seen God move powerfully in prayer but really how I would love the Lord to be able to use you above everything else is that you to just be able to love family oh God I know what I'm asking I know what I'm saying in this please know that I am because I know some of your family stories man I know that you have gone through some broken places I know that you've gone through some hurt there's divorced people in this room. There's a, there's people in this room that has been abused in their past. There's people in this room that has had abuse from your spouse, verbal, physical, mental, emotional. But I'm asking us to be the family of God because here's what I've witnessed. About the family of God boy I, I've seen this so many times I have watched God perform so many miracles by wrapping my arms around somebody in a broken place and helping them to feel like that they're a part of the family of God if I could just represent the goodness of the Lord in some way to just wrap my arms around them and say it's okay the father's gonna heal you he's gonna take care of you and we love you I watched the Lord do so much through that that all the binding and loosening I could ever do didn't avail as much as that. My hope is that you'd have an incredible family life at home. My my hope is that with our men we could teach men how to be men of God in their family and home. Our great hope is that we could teach women how to be the women of God That you need to be at home. To understand family the way God intended it to. Because it's in the side of family that you can become everything that God's plan and will is for your life. And listen to me. But to mirror that in church at the right place, at the right way, the way the Lord intended. And that is to love you. That That is to believe with you. That is to believe in you. That is to declare and speak over you. I have people all the time say, every week I can't wait till Sunday. It's almost like when Sunday service is over, I can't wait till next Sunday because I feel more like I'm among family and I'm among home. I'm at home there.
0: Man, that's it. And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60, verse 1, we hope you arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.